Hi, I'm Dennis Hester, and I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church Watauga, and we are grateful that you have tuned in to listen to these messages, either through our podcast or on our website. And as you listen to these, our prayer is that you would hear the Lord speak to you from His Holy Word. If you're interested in learning more about the church, you can get on our website at fbcwatauga.org. From there, there's a place where you can plan a visit, you can learn more about our beliefs. You can also request prayer through the prayer request page. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to get to know you. The most important thing that I'd communicate to you is as you listen to God's Word, that you find a place to get plugged into a local congregation, whether it's here at First Baptist or another local church where you live. If you'd like information or would like us to help you find a church home, uh, we'd love to talk to you about that. And you can contact us through our Facebook page. So God bless you as you listen to His Word, and may the Lord encourage you in your walk. Amen. Are you glad that you're here today? Amen. I am. I, uh, and I am grateful for those that have joined us. I feel like I've come to a party uh, with all of the gloom and doom uh, that I've read this week. I spent way too much time on the internet looking at everything and, and watching the news, as I imagine many of y'all have. And we've continued to see all of the closings and all of the, the fear and all of the things that are out there. Uh, to come here and to worship with you as our church family and those of you that are online, uh, it, it feels like a great celebration. We can set aside everything else that's out there and worship Jesus. And let me tell you, I never go to a party without my wife. So Susan, come on up here for a second. Now, I've got a second reason for doing this. Today is an unusual day and we're live streaming and Susan's aunt from New York has joined us online and I promised her that I'd drag Susan up on stage so that Susan could say hi to Aunt Debbie. So there you all right. Now, do you want to stay and preach? No. Oh, okay. I'll let you go be seated then. Let me tell you how awesome our God is. Two years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to begin preaching through Hebrews. We've preached two full sections of Hebrews last year, and at the beginning of this year, begin to preach the third full section of Hebrews. We're well into that. We started the first week of January. We are now uh, three months into that third section of Hebrews. We're in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 29. And lo and behold, what is the text going to deal with this week? This week's text tells us that when there's gloom and darkness and fear that has filled the earth, that we don't have to be afraid. That's what this week's text points us to. If you don't believe in a God who can align his purposes, uh, you're missing out. Because God has prepared us for this day. In fact, I titled the message you can see on the slide, Come to the Party and Worship the Sun. And that's a little bit of an oversimplification, of course, of this text. But it really is what the heart of this text is all about. Because of what Christ has done for us, we don't have to live in fear ever again. Amen. We can walk by faith and rejoice in the, the, not just the present, but the future that he has prepared for us. Let me lead us in a short word of prayer and ask the Spirit to speak to us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your sovereignty, for your grace for your love, for your power. And today we come to a time of unprecedented fear in our, in our nation. Unprecedented closures. Unprecedented cancellations. 
and many would say an unprecedented virus. And yet your word is still true. We don't have to be afraid because you are holy. You are perfect. You're the creator and you love us with an unmeasurable love. So allow your spirit to teach us as we look at this text today. We pray in your most precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. I want to simplify this text a little bit. Let me just simply start out by, by, uh, by giving this illustration. We, certainly, there's a lot of fear around right now. And Susan and I went to Costco the other day because we needed dog food. And, and we got to see this firsthand. Uh, people were literally loading up their shopping carts with six or eight cases of water. And Susan and I looked at each other and said, our tap still works. <laughs> there's still water. And, you know, there's reason sometimes in disaster to gather water. If, if a hurricane comes and, and, and the, the water system is going to be overwhelmed, certainly there's need for water at that time. But, but we saw people, in fact, one guy that was, had loaded up his, his shopping cart with eight cases of water turned to Susan and he said, you know, I really didn't even need any water, but I saw everybody else buying it, so I felt like I had to. That's the, the mentality the, 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 that, that is driven by fear. It, it's not by faith, and it's not rational. You know, my mom would, would always tell me when I was growing up, she said, yeah, you can walk by faith, but all, God also gave you a brain. What we saw taking place was neither faith nor rationalization, but folks being driven by emotion. I'll give you one more example. R right before you get to the water at Costco, back in that area is also where they have all the paper goods. And, and, of course, people were trying to hoard toilet paper, except Costco was out of toilet paper. Now, there were pallets of Kleenex that nobody was touching. And what struck me was the virus that has struck such fear in our populace is a respiratory virus. It, it doesn't cause bowel problems. And so if you need one of the two, you're going to need Kleenex, not toilet paper. But when we're driven by emotions, we're not thinking straight. We're driven, when we're driven by fear instead of faith, that's when we're going we're to completely miss what God has for us. And so this text we're going to look at today, and, and because it's a long text and, and, and the nature of today's message, I, I want to simplify it a little bit. It begins with uh, verses 18 now through verse 24 is the first section of the text. And there's, there's two phrases in there, that are, or there's a phrase that's repeated twice. In verse 18, uh, the scripture says, you have not come. And then when you get down a little bit further into verse 22, uh, the scripture says, but you have come to this. Uh, what have we not come to? The writer of Hebrews is, is using what took place on Mount Sinai as an example for us. And, and, and he's wanting us to understand that there was a time when this world essentially functioned off of a threat or off of fear to some extent. God had a list of, of, of rules for his people. And, and, and people dwelt in fear because there was the Savior had not come yet. And essentially, he says, he's telling the church, you have not come to what could be touched, 
to a blazing fire, to darkness, to gloom, and a storm, the blast of a trumpet, and the sound of words. We, we don't live in a time where we are constrained or we are, we are only connected to what happens on this earth, to what we can touch, what we can taste, what we can see that brings gloom. Now, certainly right now, this, uh, this virus has created all kinds of fear and all kinds of gloom. It is a physical threat to our physical existence. There are people, and there may be people that we know, uh, though right now there are very few cases of this virus, even in our county. There's four uh, as of last night out of two million people. But the, but the virus is, is apparently very communicable. It can spread very quickly. And that's the fear, and that's the threat that comes with the virus. And it is a very physical threat. There's a, there's a pretty good percentage of, especially people in their 70s and 80s around the world that have contracted the virus and have died from the virus. It's much worse than if they've contracted the flu. There's a whole lot higher death rate from this virus. So it is something to be afraid of physically. But here's the, here's the real struggle for us as believers, or, or, or the real truth. We're not completely dependent upon this world we serve a God who, who is greater than, than time. We serve a God who has promised that he's going to give us eternal life that goes beyond this world. I told the story last week, and, and I'll just mention it again. We have a church member named Marsha Bunn who has had a breathing disorder for two and a half decades. And she knows that she's come to the end of her life. And instead of being filled with fear as she faces the unknown, she is filled with faith. She knows that, that God loves her and that God has prepared a future and a home for her that goes beyond this physical existence. So she's put her faith in not what she can touch or what she can feel or the gloom or the storm or the darkness. That's not where she's focused. She's focused on what Christ has set aside for her. She's focused on her future. She's focused on her hope. And so the writer of Hebrews tells the church, you haven't come to just a time that is limited to the physical. They could look up at the mountain and they could see the dark clouds. They, 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 they feared for what had happened to Moses. Moses, when he went up on Mount Sinai, was gone for a long period of time. And they trembled in fear over that. The scripture says here, even Moses trembled in fear when he came before a, this, this mighty, holy God. And there was reason for that as he stepped into the presence of, of, of an awesome, mighty God. But that was before Jesus came. And here's what makes the difference. We are not called to a place of fear. In fact, I titled this a little bit differently than I presented it. We're not called to a funeral. A funeral is where we come and say goodbye to something that has ended, okay? We're not called to a funeral. We're called to a festival. We're called to a party. Liken it to... Uh, Bart Millard's Mercy Me song. I, when, when I leave this earth and I step into the presence of God, I can only imagine what it's going to be like. We're not called to a place of fear. We're not called to a dirge. We're called to a celebration. We're called to a festival. We're called to live as though we are people who have hope and have a future and have a light. And so you see in the, in the following verse there, beginning in verse 22, instead... You have come to Mount Zion. So instead of coming to Mount Sinai, which, which was an image of, of awe and gloom and darkness and something to be afraid of, we have come to Mount Zion, 
a place of worship, a place of praise. And, and he's speaking in, in metaphorical terms here, but we as believers have come to a place where we have a future to the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, a festive gathering to the assembly of the firstborn of those names who are written in heaven. When you and I as as Believers in Jesus Christ come together. It is a festival. It's a celebration because we are those who have eternal life. Our citizenship is not in this world that certainly will one day end. Our citizenship is in a kingdom of God that has no end. Every one of us in this room, unless Jesus comes back before, every one of us in this room, one of these days is going to succumb to a virus, or a heart attack, or our lungs are gonna quit working, or we're gonna get kidney disease, and we're gonna take our last breath on this. Every one of us, every one of us in this room, everybody that's listening online, every one of us will come to an end of this life as we know it. But if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, it won't be an end for you. It'll be a party. It'll be a festival. Look at what he says. And, and to, let's finish, read verse 23 again. And to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, the spirits of the righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which says better things than the blood of Abel. He gets to the focal point here in verse 24. In fact, verse 24 is the focal point of these first six verses. The focal point is Jesus. Why is it that we don't have to walk in fear when there's gloom and doom out there in the world? Because Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant that we've read all about from Hebrews chapter one all the way through the end of Hebrews chapter 10. And then we begin to see the, 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 the fleshing out of that and how it applies to our daily lives in Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 12. And we get to this place today when our world is, is overwhelmed with gloom and doom and fear. We get to this passage that says, in Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to... To, to walk on eggshells and, and, and be afraid of, of, of the things that are happening in the world around you because you belong to another kingdom. You belong to a kingdom that is owned by Jesus. And he's the mediator of this new covenant. How do you get into that kingdom? How do you become a part of the kingdom of God? Through Jesus. In fact, I'll pause for just a moment. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. It is only through Jesus that you become a part of this kingdom. God sent his one and only son to die on a cross and he rose again so that you and I could have this hope so that we wouldn't have to live by fear. Those who don't know Christ, I expect them this week and next week to live in fear. But those who know Christ and have a relationship with, them, with him, I expect you to walk by faith. Instead of being the ones that are hoarding the toilet paper, I expect you to be the ones who are trying to make sure that the elderly neighbor next to you who really needs it has some. See, because we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to worry about ourselves. We serve a God, a king, who's going to take care of us. He already has. 
He already has, and he's gonna. Jesus is that mediator of the new covenant. If you have any question about that, Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peter said in Acts chapter 4, there is no other name under heaven by which man might be saved except for Jesus. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. If you don't want to walk, if you don't want to be hamstrung or, or overwhelmed by the gloom and the doom and the news and the fear, focus your eyes on Jesus. Now, now that message is for, for everybody. Believers, <laughs> there's a lot of believers, I think, that have panicked this week who know that if they were to die, they'd go to heaven, but they freaked out and they went and bought 100 gallons of water and 50 cases of toilet paper. What are the, what are the lines going to look like when it comes time to return all the unneeded toilet paper? I don't want to be a customer service worker at Walmart. It's going to be crazy. We don't have to function like that. If you're, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, focus your eyes on him and trust him to lead you through this storm. I want to tell you, I, you know, nationally, this may be one of the most difficult things that we faced in a long, long time. I don't believe it rises to the level of World War II. Uh, I don't believe necessarily that it's the same threat that we had uh, that came from terrorism in 2001. But it, it is a, it's a pretty scary time. And yet, we can trust God to get us through it. Now, on the other side of that, if you... If, if this is a time that has driven you to ask questions about your faith and realize that things really are, can get out of control pretty quick, I'd, I'd challenge you to turn to Jesus. If you have never come to a place where you said, you know what, I believe what God's word says. Jesus is the one and only way to heaven. I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want to, I want to encourage you to do that now. And you don't wait until the next virus or the next tragedy or the next difficulty. If, if you're not sure, if you were to, to get this virus and you were to die today, if you're not sure that you'd go to heaven, that you'd be with the Lord, put your faith in Jesus because he gives us hope and, and, and makes us a part of a different kind of people where we can come with a different kind of celebration. See, and then he goes on to say in verse 25 that we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. Scripture says there that all of creation will be shaken. When God speaks, all of the heavens have, 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 all of this world will be shaken. But his kingdom won't. We tend to think that we're in control, don't we? We tend to think that as long as we have control over things, then, then we've got a handle on it. I saw a meme this week. This, I've seen a bunch of them that were pretty funny. This was my, uh, one, one I think was one of the funniest ones. A guy was sitting down with his doctor, and his doctor said, well, I need to let you know you tested positive for the coronavirus. And he said, how can that be? I have 300 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> See, somehow we think that by, by filling our house with toilet paper or filling our house with water or whatever it happens to be, diapers or food, that, that, that we have control. But the truth is, and we've said this before, we never really have control. We never do. Unexpected things can happen all of the time. There is a God who has control, but you and I never, never really have control. You may be perfectly fine. We had a lady in our church who, who had no indication of illness whatsoever. 
And a couple weeks ago, visited her doctor and found out that she had stage four cancer. A shocking, out of the, out of the blue blow. But we, we think that, that we've got a handle on things and that, that we're in control, but we never truly are in control. I share with y'all that, that Susan's and Aunt Debbie, Debbie Mayloff, is watching from New York today. A few years ago, Susan went to visit her. Not long before that visit, uh, in New York, now, she lives in Fishkill Beacon area. It's, uh, I think, I, I, I'm not sure, it's about 50, 60 miles at least, maybe 90 miles north of New York City. So she's not in New York City. But in New York, their world was turned upside down by a tornado that came through and, and ripped things apart, blew a huge tree in their backyard over on top of their garage and, and made a huge mess. When Susan visited, she said, it, you know, you can see the devastation of a tornado on TV, but to see it in person, it was incredible. Well, we expect almost, we live in Tornado Alley, right? It's not that unusual to have a tornado here, but to have that kind of devastation from a tornado in New York, it reminds us that we are never fully in control. You can gather all of the supplies you want. You can fill your house with guns and ammunition. They might, your guns and ammunition might stop a robber, but they won't stop a virus. And they won't stop a tornado. <laughs> and they won't stop a hurricane. See, ultimately, we are never truly in control because we live in a world that can and will be shaken. Scripture, scripture says that 2,000 years ago. This world will be shaken. Verse 27. Once more indicates the removal of what can be shaken, and that is created things. All created things can and will be shaken. Sometimes they'll be torn down to nothing. What won't be shaken? The kingdom of God cannot and will not be shaken. What God has created that is eternal cannot and will not be shaken. The apostle Paul says, I don't give up on preaching the gospel because even though this body is fading, this outer man is decaying and dying, the inner man is being renewed day by day because what I see is temporary, but what I don't see is eternal. The kingdom of God, his purposes, his plan cannot and will not be shaken. So when we are connected to God's kingdom, we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. The world may be destroyed around me. And, and, and y'all know part of our story. When our daughter passed away, in fact, when our daughter was born with all of her, her, her health struggles back in 1989, and then and when Katie passed away 15 years later, our world through that time was shaken. Our family was shaken, but we were part of a kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. And so our faith stands. Our hope is sure because we are part of an unshakable kingdom. Even if this is it, even if the, the coronavirus is going to, even if it does, you bring the worst case scenario and humanity's wiped out like some of those movies <laughs> that they've had out there for a while. Even if that happens, I'm okay because my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in this body. 
this body's going to decay, whether it's from this virus or the next one. This body is eventually going to grow old. I mean, I'm looking around. Some of y'all used to be young and healthy. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, they got two ladies back there pointing at me. <laughs> it's just the truth. But you know why we can come to this place and party and celebrate and worship? Because we worship an unshakable God. A, a, a king who, who is, was there in the beginning, he's here today, and he'll be here in the end. Jesus, who was, who is, and who is to come. We worship, and we celebrate, and we're part of an unshakable kingdom. So what do we do with that? The last verse here gives us a pretty good hint. When there's, there's gloom, and darkness, and a storm, or a blazing fire, and I would, I would equate this virus to a blazing fire that spreads like crazy. When we're faced with a blazing fire, when we're faced with darkness and gloom and a storm, even the blast of a trumpet, what do we do? Verse 28 says, we worship an almighty, all-powerful God. We worship a God with thanksgiving. Therefore, verse 28 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, first, let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. Do you have something to be thankful for today? Yes. I got up this morning, I could breathe. I'm grateful. I got up this morning, I turned on the faucet and I had water coming out of it. I'm thankful. I got up this morning and I had a flush toilet. I am grateful. I have food in the refrigerator. I have electricity. I am grateful. I'll remind you, it was just a few months ago, I walked the streets of Leon, Nicaragua. Those people didn't have running water. They didn't have flush toilets or toilet paper. They had very little food. But I saw in them a gratitude, especially those who came to worship the one true living God. We, we panic because we think there's so much that we cannot do without. But folks, we ought to come with a spirit of thanksgiving when we worship an all-powerful God. If for no other reason, even if everything else was stripped from us, we can worship him for the hope that we have through Christ that sustains our soul, even when the rest of us fades. We worship with thanksgiving how else do we worship? Look at the rest of verse 28. By it, we may serve God acceptably. We also worship him in our service. We worship him by serving him. Now, this gets a little bit tricky because he's not standing in front of us. So how does God tell us to worship him? All throughout the New Testament is pretty clear. In fact, even throughout the prophets of the Old Testament, it's very clear. We worship and serve God by serving others. You show your love to God by showing your love to your fellow man. There's very tangible ways that we can do that right now. We can check on our neighbors. We can check on the elderly in our church. If you're one person who maybe you kind of gave in a little bit to the toilet paper frenzy, let me suggest something you could do with your extra toilet paper. Find somebody who needs it and give it to them. Serve. Worship God through service. 
Worship him with thanksgiving. Worship him by serving him. And then finally, worship him with reverence and awe. Let the might and the power and the glory of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords be your focus today and this week. See, when we will step back and we'll be reminded how big God is and how powerful God is, how glorious God is, we won't be afraid of a virus. We won't get caught up in the panic. We'll be able to walk by faith, trusting him. There's kind of a dichotomy that I, I sh I've shared this often. I want to remind you of. God is huge. He's awesome. He's mighty. He's big. In Hebrews, we've, we've read previously that Jesus exists above and beyond the heavens. He's not just in heaven somewhere. He's greater than the heavens, all right? God is that big. But that doesn't mean a whole lot to me that there's a huge, mighty God out there if he doesn't care about me, right? Now, there's another side of that dichotomy. Some people uh, picture God as this incredible, loving God who loves us with an unending, undying love. Well, that's, that's true. In fact, Scripture says God loved us so much that he showed us his love that while we were still sinners, while we were still had our back turned against him, he sent his son to die for us. So he loves us immeasurably. But you know what? That wouldn't do me a lot of good if he loved me all that much, but he wasn't big enough to do anything about my problems. See, here's, the, here's where it comes together even in this text. We serve a God who is awesome, <laughs> who is mighty, who is an all-consuming fire. He could burn the virus down tomorrow. I don't understand why he doesn't. That's his purpose and his plan. Maybe it's to drive us to humble ourselves before him in faith. Maybe it's to teach us that we're not quite as in control as we think we are so that we remember that he is God. But whatever the purpose, he is an awesome, mighty God and he does love us more than we could even imagine. And because of that, I don't have to fear. I am a part of an unshakable kingdom. I don't have to be afraid. And so instead of living this life in fear, I'm gonna choose to live this life in worship. I'm gonna worship him with my service. I'm gonna worship him with thanksgiving. Giving thanks every day for what I do have, not what I'm afraid of that's out there, but giving him thanks every day. And I'm gonna worship him as he deserves to be worshiped with reverence and with awe because he is an awesome God. We're gonna have an opportunity for you to respond. We do this every week and we're, this is one thing we're not gonna change because this is important. If you're here in, our, in this auditorium and you don't know that if you got this virus and you died this week or next week that you're a part of that unshakable kingdom that you'd go to heaven, I want you to leave here with that assurance. And I want to talk to you about it. Kevin will be down here to talk to you about it. If you don't know for sure, and you say, Pastor, I believe what you're saying, that Jesus is 
the one and only way to the Heavenly Father. I, I want to put my faith and trust in him publicly. I want to give you an opportunity to do that before you leave today. If you're watching online, I would challenge you, I'd encourage you to get that settled as well. Open God's word, find a friend, or get in contact with one of us. You can get on our Facebook page and, and submit a question, submit a prayer request. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to let you know how you can have that assurance that you don't have to walk in fear. You can have faith. And even like Marsha Bunn, and you're, you're, you're in that position where you know that your time is short, that you know you're gonna be okay because you have put your faith and trust in the one who has loves you enough and is powerful enough to take care of you even in death. So please, if you're not sure, address it today. Would you stand with me? Matthew's gonna come and lead us in this time of response and Kevin's gonna come up here and stand at the front with me. Let me pray for you as they come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that in your sovereignty and in your power, you pointed us today to this passage in Hebrews chapter 12 that we might come and find that we don't have to walk in fear because we belong to an unshakable kingdom that's run by an awesome God who's like a consuming fire. Lord, we are yours. We come to worship you. If there's anybody who's not sure today, I pray they'd get that settled. Let your spirit move during these moments. We ask in Jesus' name.